The Clarity System is a deeply methodological, thorough emotional and psychological exploration and analysis into many facets of life so that you can truthfully assess and develop all areas of yourself. Our system offers you a distinctive path that highlights the necessary changes you need to make in order to allow you to live your most fulfilled personal and professional life. By simplifying and implementing clean, highly effective strategies, the Clarity System enables you to get fitter, smarter, healthier and happier. You can find out more about how we can help you at theclaritysystem.com. I'm John. And I'm Ness. Welcome, Welcome to, to spending, spending time, time with, with us on, on the couch. couch. So... Today, now number two, we're walking through on our one day, one exercise allowed per day, walking through the middle of nowhere in, in a, a lovely open park with no humans around. Mm-hmm. And we decided to press record and talk about accountability. The reason why, Ness, I wanted to speak with you about this is because of something you said in podcast number one, which was... Um, people being active par- active participants of their own experience. Yes. And that, to me, sounds like accountability. To me, anyway. Very much so. And accountability being, you know, um, making decisions in life and not just thinking about them and sitting on them, but really um, finding where they place and where they land and then taking action and going, okay, so what am I going to do with this? I've got this brilliant idea. How do I implement that? How do I, how do I bring that into my experience so that I have a process, there's a goal, there's an achievement pathway, and then you set yourself up and then what? You go. You have to move. You, yep. have, to, you have to be an active participant. Uh-huh. So, and do you, do, why, what would be the counter opposite of that? What's the... What's when when you have obviously we we use the terms lack of accountability mm-hmm. and and whatever it are people who aren't being proactive. What would be what are the characteristics of the of people with a lack of accountability? First and foremost, I believe it's based on fear, and mm. fear in multiple directions. Yeah. Um, fear that you won't be able to be successful, yeah. that it won't be able to land, that you don't have the time, you don't have the resources, you are um, held back because uh, for, you know, oh, here we go, we've got a tractor, this is fun. <laughs> Speak now. <laughs> outdoors, outdoors. <laughs> uh, so, well, at least it proves we're in the countryside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so, yeah, fear everything, I, I think, Predominantly, this space is always um, a fear-based holding back um, or that you don't have the actual resources or that you're uncertain about how to move forward. So, um, you know, I think you can definitely independently look at um, multiple different elements through fear or through being held back in some way yeah. by uncertainty. And do, do we, is there also a... Um could there be an imposter syndrome of feeling that um, that you don't actually have the the right to be accountable? So I, I, I sometimes find that that there's you know there, there's kind of all the confidence, all the confidence yeah. indeed, and mm-hmm. also maybe maybe the um, maybe the right support network because at the end of the day, if you don't necessarily have the right people around you, um, is is it such that is it is it possible that? you could feel that you know you don't have the support 
therefore you don't have the confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the experience of doing it in the past. Yeah, you start to self-sabotage. That's what I meant yeah. by, yeah, the imposter yeah. thing. Yeah. So do you, if, you, if you find someone who's in that situation, mm-hmm. do you, how do you address um, someone who is self-sabotaging themselves? Do you, do you have a way of, 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 of approaching that so that you kind of know a, a kind of a method of... Well, absolutely. I think it's, I think what you end up doing is identifying where to start off with, identify what the, um, what the elements of fear or what the elements of imposter syndrome are exactly, and then start to build on that and start to build, um, a sense of, um, it's, it's more about reality and, uh, conscious actions that you can sort of introduce into people to say, hold on, what? There's 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 nothing actually. There's no real handbrake. There's nothing really stopping me from doing this step, this step, this step, this step. From this step, it it see it might like you might get three steps in, and it seems unrealistic to 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 continue. And once you get to that point, you're like, well, what then do I need to assess? Is it external help that I need? Is it more education? Is it more money? Is it more, you know, and then, and then extrapolate from there. Okay. But it's actually taking the steps. It's actually looking into where you feel the fear and the handbrakes land yeah. and then, and then open, opening that up and trying to actually place it in real life steps. Yeah. One I, by one. Just. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. And I, I feel that there's, when it comes to fear, um, back on the fear point, mm-hmm. I found that there are two, um, two types of fear. There's, there's rational fear and irrational fear. Mm-hmm. And rational fear tends to be um, uh, based on a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. There's a great book by Dan Gardner called, the, uh, called Risk, the Science and Politics of Fear, um, which is a brilliant book about how fear actually works. It's like a fear economics. And when you, mm-hmm. when you look into the way that fear works, and Dan, Dan is way more versed um, at how to put this, but so paraphrasing his point, um, in the divide between rational and irrational fear, on a rational side of things, it's, direct, it's inversely proportional to understanding. In other words, the, from a rational point of view, the lower the understanding that you have about something, the greater the risk of fear. Mm-hmm. Whereas the higher the amount of understanding, the lower the risk of fear. I'll give you an example. Um, the most dangerous part of air travel is the drive to the airport. Um, <laughs> and there's more chance of you dying by falling out of bed than falling out of the sky in an airplane. Right. So, but that's the, ration, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, however, there's a vast amount of people who are, are scared of air travel. Mm. And if you can actually identify the stats and they are still fearful of air travel, mm. that's an irrational fear. Right. So the amount of understanding makes no difference to their fear. Right. Um, whereas when it's rational, you can actually educate people through increasing their understanding on the way that it actually works. You Correct. know what I mean? Very much so. And so from, from the helping businesses over the years that I have done and also from a personal perspective with people there is a as soon as I can identify the split between rational and irrational I can understand whether or not we're dealing with something that's uh, is able to be able to be assisted uh-huh. because because sometimes 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're over four meters away, which is good. Fear, rational, irrational behavior. <laughs> That's totally Funny. rational behavior. <laughs> For a little three-year-old, yes. <laughs> so I think I think the I think the real identification between rational and irrational helps, and I sometimes still then walk into the what I call the yeah but. Um, mm quote unquote mm-hmm. kind of yeah but yeah but yeah but so the excuses I've, the excuses no. and I, and I, as many of those from many different people right and so I try and be as sympathetic as I possibly can to yeah, excuses not in a patronising way but in a in, of, a, in an understanding, understanding way, way where you're trying to actually find out what's really going on yeah. for people uh, but I still find that even when you can try and understand as much as possible about their circumstances some people are tuned to reject any form of help right because they actually have Mm. a bias Mm -hmm. inside themselves that they want to their identity is based on this trap Mm -hmm. and so this prison that's created is actually a prison of their own thoughts right which is the the brilliant victor frankl um uh writes around the kind of the, the prison guards of our thoughts that are actually stopping us progress. When you, from your perspective, mm-hmm. when you're helping people who are, who have identified with the, with the prison mm-hmm. as their own thoughts are, their identity, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that? Uh, again, I think it's really sort of trying to um, offer a space of confidence perhaps that not everything is what it seems right and when when something is so ingrained in someone's space it's like well how can you it's like again opening up that perspective and saying well have you ever thought about what it might be like if you maybe thought about this and and give them a completely different avenue that that enables them to then let go of the fear and step into a visualizing space of their own of themselves in a better like making a better decision. Yeah. And then and then actually playing out how that may land for them. Yeah, I I love that. Actually that that scenario uh, I call it end forward. Yeah. Or end backwards. So that it's kind of like starting with the end in mind. I do I do a version on uh, that is that uses that same approach as well that um, I, I ask people to write down w- once they've identified what, what good would look like, mm-hmm. what an unrestricted potential would look like. Yep. And then also write down the thought patterns that they have, the mm. prisons that they create, right. and ask which of these thought patterns are serving or yes. not serving exactly. this, this outcome that you want. And, you know, there's, there's one particular person who I'm connected to online who is sabotages themselves on a daily basis uh, even though they could they they actually do have the choice right um and they're causing themselves harm uh, but it is their identity to do this right and they've received all of the advice yeah from everyone i've yep. seen it visibly on online and people have tried to help and i've tried to help everyone's tried to help yeah but they actually don't want to help themselves yes and then i wonder how we have to be sensitive there in terms mm. of whether this is someone with an instability that n- requires a lot more than 
um, a dose of accountability, yeah, right? Because there's there could be a mental imbalance that that actually is chemical. Um, and one of the one of the balancing acts that I guess we have to do from a support provision perspective mm-hmm. is is being sensitive to people who are who aren't who feel as if they're not making a choice. Right. They're actually the choice is almost taken away. They feel as if the choice is taken away from them. Right. Um, so there's also that space of um, being held back. Yes. By certain circumstances in your life that yes. you feel are out of your control. That's right. Perhaps. And 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 then there's the there's the circumstances, and then there's also depression, mm-hmm. um, yep. which which is a circumstance in and of itself. Um, and you know, speaking to people with diagnosed depression is interesting because they many of them will say well you know the advice that i was first given was just to snap out of it mm. um and, and then you know when when, when you reality actually, may seem quite totally to that. totally and yeah. and it's like when i've spoken about my adoption um in the past and the, the feeling of abandonment and identity and whatever and you know you speak to the the ill-informed mm. and they say ah you know it's not as you know it's it's, it's not as it's not as bad as you think you know just just think of it in this way and it's like well how that's not undoing the process yeah and it's that's also not... similar it's also similar to men speaking about how to do with period pains yeah <laughs> and I, I you know or, or when or when a pregnant friend of mine would say that she's having a really hard time in the in the second trimester yeah. and a male person a male saying well you know it'll get better soon yeah it's like you can't you have no justification to tell me how I'm feeling yeah. at my, in my second trimester of pregnancy. Yeah. You can't... You know what I mean? oh, there's also something else that I want to sort of touch on in that space too. And it, it seems as though um, I think quite a lot of people fall into a trap that, um, that it's kind of similar to how I explained the rat wheel. It's, a, it's an ongoing feeling of um, trouble or trauma or it's like when people really enjoy repeating their pain... Yeah. And the, the responses that they're getting from people are, oh, are you okay? Is everything all right? It's like that's their way of drawing continual... Um, uh, it feeds it. Nurture. Right. They, 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 they feel as though the only way that they can maybe get nurture from people is by drawing on their pain and, and heightening the, the experience of, um, of when people... You know, when, when people actually soften to you because of your painful experience, then that just continues that cycle of wanting to reach for more pain to get more attention. Yeah. And that's how people congregate. That's actually how people end up really solid parts of one another's lives and say, oh, well, we're best friends. We're, we're, we do this and we do that. But, but, and you listen to the conversation and it's always about something bad or going wrong or yeah. trauma or, or trouble. Or, yeah. or, you know and what? then the, they just feed each other. Feed each feed other. Each other. You know, like, there's, there's a particular group of friends. Well, sorry, there's one particular friend of mine um, who I don't socialise with. Very, I'm connected to them, yeah. but I don't socialise with them because every time I've socialised with them, I'm in an environment, instantaneously in an environment of conflict. Yeah. Uh, where the... Or negative. That's right. There's negative and, con- and the syntax yeah. of conversation yeah. is around who's ripped someone off, yeah. who was violent towards someone else, 
um, who got one over on someone else, yeah. how much you would damage that person if... Negatively fueled. That's right. And, and they all sit around in a circle, nodding and agreeing, in violent agreement. Mm. Um, and it makes me feel so... Um, so what do you do? What do you do in that, in that, in that experience? How well, do you for, deal with it? Chuck D once said um, that if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. Yeah. And, um, wise words. Uh, wise words. <laughs> and, so, and, and that works both ways. Uh, it works backwards and forwards. It's a palindrome. Mm-hmm. And, and so if I used to try and change, I used to try and enable people to see things differently. Mm. Um, and I then found out through psychotherapy that that was a relatively egotistical uh, view because mm. I was essentially trying to change people to my view. Right. Because I had somehow placed a hierarchy on my way being better than their way. Right. Um, where, and that's not fair. No. Their, their way not. is right for them. That means it's yeah. fun. Yeah. As long as they're not breaking a law or hurting another human, right. there is no hierarchy. No. If they want to sit around being negative, in my view... Yeah. Uh, then they should. They yeah. should. They should peacefully go about their negative vortex. Um, so, so when I started realising it was an egotistical viewpoint to to try and change them, yeah. I then changed your way, my way, yeah. over the way I, and just stepped away. I stepped from away. That space. I changed the people yeah. around me. I, yeah. I wasn't around them anymore. Yeah. And so, and, and powerful and quite challenging to do that. Very, especially if it's um, if it's close family or yep. it's loved ones that um, that are constantly stuck in this negative totally. vortex. That um, totally, yeah, it, it, that's it's, it's very brave. challenging. It's challenging and it requires yeah. a level of bravery. Also, yeah. I've still to this day actually have to um, kind of dodge the invites. Yeah, um, because. And what I've started to you do... You pace them out. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and and, and when, on the family point, I think what's, what I found challenging there is that... Because I have a, an, a biological set of family and an adoptive set of family. Mm. Um, several characters in both sets are very, very uh, different in terms of values to mm. me. Mm-hmm. We share a different set of values. Right. And... Which is okay. Totally Absolutely fine. Absolutely nothing wrong totally with that. Totally right. And, and, and I've tried for many years, I had tried for many years. To, to try to rebut. That's it. And yeah. to put aside the fact that we have different values. Yeah. And because we share the same DNA, um, base sequence or uh, surname, yeah. depending on which set of family it is. Felt more obliged. You to, feel obliged. Yeah. And then about two years ago, my therapist said, um, well, she, she basically asked me why I was doing that. Yeah. And I said, because, you know, blood is thicker than ink. And, <laughs> or, you know, I found any various metaphor that I could find. And, and she said, or is it the fact that you don't want to feel as if you've been rejected by them? Mm, and I was like, oh, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, that <laughs> might. That, that's probably <laughs> exactly the situation. <laughs> and, um, and so in this decade of... Uh, my therapist holding a massive, great big mirror in front of me. Mm, which that is powerful. That's, that's another right. powerful way to actually look at your own shit. That's right. Look you at can, your own stuff, should you, I say. No, Sorry. you can say shit. <laughs> hey, this is our podcasting. So everyone, but, he, but, but that's exactly it. Because, because the, 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 the giant mirror, the mm. non-thinning mirror that she mm. has put in front of me has made me realise that my view of other people's um, unsimilar values 
Don't um, make them wrong. Doesn't make them wrong. Yeah. And there's no judgment involved. Right, exactly. And I've been so judgmental for the whole of my life. Yeah. Um, because of uh, some an inf- inherent um, positioning that I've tried to... Like, my way or the highway. Mm. And, and, that's, and that's been... I think it's been very detrimental to my past situation because I've then found people and scenarios to be around mm. that have fed my ego. Of course, so, yeah, so, that's what you look for. That's right. When you're unaware of, um, of all of these different behaviours and, and within self and then externally too, you do end up searching for those exact kind of people that will feed that behaviour. That's right. That will allow it to continue. Indeed. And be accepted. That's right. Crack, so. crack, crackheads hang around with crackheads, <laughs> right? And, and, and you find yourself with crackheads. And it's why actors tend to date other actors and, mm. and musicians tend mm. to date other musicians because, mm. you know, it, you kind of have this understanding of the way it works. Right. And so I've, I've, the relationships I've been in, the situations I've been in, friendships and whatever. You tend to gravitate towards what cushions all That's of it. your own and, unique behaviours. And, and around people who don't call me on my bullshit or right. people that will tell me that I'm a genius the whole time or people that, you know, people who won't <laughs> tell me that, you know, my, my flies are undone. And, that, and that's, <laughs> that's, not the, that's not actually healthy. No. And and it's a lack of depending accountability. On the, depending on the extremeness of where of how deep that is, That's you know, right. I think there's there's um, there's definitely really positive things that we do gravitate towards other people for, and that's if you can if you can di- uh, differentiate between the positive aspects and the negative aspects. Yeah, I think you know most people want to reach for the positive. Most people want to do more do better or challenge themselves or have you know or or surround themselves with positive um like-minded people and so um i think i know personally i definitely try to surround myself with um people with high intellect people with um that are compassionate that are loving that are warm that are that like to you know um uh make me feel as though i'm uh, connected to in that space mm. because it's for me that positivity is powerful mm. um, and, and that that uh, that actually happens to people on the negative as yeah. well yes. so exactly it's, it's a flip determining yeah, yeah it's determining actually um, how deep those biases can land because they're both the same they're the same bias on the positive and the negative yeah however you just need to be able to identify then what serves you personally yes and and, and what your and values are exactly and that's what, and actually I, and I wonder whether or not the accountability part is more easy to grasp as a concept and step into mm-hmm. um when you're actually able to to arrive in life with your values assessed and, and, yes. and stood by. Yeah. One, of the, one of the reasons How why... How much your social experience will change. Indeed. and, and it's you like really honour that space. That's right. And yeah. one, of the, one of the reasons why on the, on the claritysystem.com we have uh, under tools, you'll see the values grid, mm-hmm. is that the, 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 the process of identifying your key values and super 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 powerful yes really really i've i've done i've done the exercise it it heightens so many um really important factors that that land for me in my in my certainty Mm. and it really solidifies actually um 
what you stand what for. What I stand for, who yeah. I am. Yeah. You really, you and go what on you a don't journey. Want. And what you don't and, want. And I, re- I highly, highly recommend this experience. And it's only short. It's it's something that you can really look at. You can do it. It's free. It's oh, on there. It's, it's the value. Yeah, go to thecarrysystem.com, click on tools, click on the values grid. Yeah. And it's, yeah, free of charge. Do it. And, yeah, and actually, it. It's, it has a fundamental impact on most people's lives that do it. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and I think that if we were to, if we were to, um, as as with if more people are able to identify what actually matters then the accountability part and who you want to be around who you want to turn up as yes. um becomes more um more straightforward because you actually already know in advance um rather than guessing and rather than being in a situation that may or may not actually serve you mm. um and accidentally end up in a situation that that is destructive yeah Whereas when you actually understand your values, mm. um, then you, you can you can pre-tell, yeah. you can presume what is actually going to be serving and what isn't going to be serving. Correct. And you can see what it aligns to. And yeah. for me, people, um, one of the challenges I have with uh, mass hysteria, especially in conspiracy theories or anything else like that, is that there is certainly a massive fan of inquisition into... Uh, information and data mm-hmm. huge fan of that what i'm not a massive fan of is non-peace mm. and so with mass hysteria you actually find that there's a, a considerable amount of 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 non-peaceful talk yeah um someone somewhere wants to um destroy politician x yeah. someone somewhere wants to um wants to uh to to take back the power or take down something mm-hmm. and and so because my my primary value um is peace uh and i mean that from an internal interpersonal intrapersonal extrapersonal perspective mm-hmm. i feel cautious about surrounding myself with too much hysteria right it's equally the same as why i don't like loud uh, crowds too much right um i can be in a rock concert for about two hours um and then it becomes abhorrent. Mm. It's non-peaceful. Mm. Uh, festivals I can do for a day and then it's less peaceful. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I don't love music and dancing and, and, and enjoying myself and all that kind of stuff. It's because there's a human... Um, fri- uh, it's not even friction, it's, it's frition. There's this kind of um, feeling of bouncing off each other mm. that doesn't feel like peace it's not resonant. Yeah. and that's why I'm hesitant around loud uh, large crowds unless I'm standing safely mm. on stage mm. um, <laughs> even better still in a virtual environment where there's no one you know self-isolation is um has huge, massive benefits although I must just say I, I wanted to I've never said this to you actually um, before, so I'm just going to r- just run this past you Ooh. now, uh, and um, and I'm not even sure whether I can caveat or segue it back to our point about um, about accountability. <laughs> but you know what? With this kind of self isolation situation, mm. when people, when um, celebrities say stay the f at home, yeah, and they're in a 19 bedroom mansion with a swimming pool <laughs> and a gym and servants, do you not find? That, that, that's, a little bit grating. Right. And it's like, stay the F at home. It's like, well, yeah, you know what, mate? I would. 
if I lived in that house. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... You're I, on holiday, buddy. Right. It's like... And so I'm feeling there's something to do with accountability in that, is that, is that mm-hmm. one person's accountability could be different than someone else's. So yeah. accountability, I'm wondering if it's, if it's, sing, it's perspective-based. Mm. You know? So there's kind of like absolute accountability, know, which is only your own. Have some understanding. Right. Have some compassion for people right. that aren't in your immediate... Circumstance, right. right, and actually realize too that the world experiences things not always how you see. Like every, people see things differently to how you see them. That's not right. your experience isn't always the right way yeah. or the primary way that everyone else should see things. Totally, you know what? One of the things compassion, that, compassion. One of the things that I've learned from you um, in our relationship mm. um, is that the and from the, at the time of recording, we're now just uh, right two days after eleven months um i just happy anniversary um uh the i've learned that the um i I, before you in my life Mm -hmm. i hadn't considered the very obvious point that your experience of something has its own permission Mm -hmm. and space Mm -hmm. and my version of something has its own permission space Mm -hmm. and and the and that, that if you have an experience of something, mm. that doesn't need to mean that my experience is worse or, or invalid or, or whatever, or yeah, I'm a bad person. And, if I, yeah. and, and so that separation mm. is its own emotional accountability. Mm. And I've been speaking about it for eons mm-hmm. and never applied it until our relationship. Aww. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and I think I think it, it's because you are actually a massive accountability fan, and yes. you and you are like hardcore accountability. Yes. So so I wasn't able to with you. Hi, uh, I don't want to say the word hide, but yeah. I wasn't able to to cover over the 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 blurred lines of of feeling judged. If you feel something, I would feel judged. Right. Uh, my entire marriage was like that. You know, oh. um, someone else felt something, therefore I felt judged. Right. And, and there's some validity in that because sometimes I was judged. Yeah. And uh, sometimes... And may very well be someone else pushing their stuff onto you. Exactly, projection. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on the other hand, why the fuck does it, impa- why does it matter to me what right. they're... You know, at the end of the day, that's your story. Right. And, and this is how we learn how to love each other truly. Yeah. Because your story is your story. And yeah. I love you because of your story. Right, right. And I see, I, I, I see who you are and I see what your projections are. And I love you for that. I'm not, yeah. I don't love you because I want to change you right. and make your views my views. Yes. Like that's not important to me. What's important is that we stand side by side. Yeah, and have a shared and dream in recognition. Yeah. And love each other. And yeah, for sure you have um, core values that align, that enable you to actually propel forward side by side. But my dream isn't always going to be your dream. And, and, and that's okay. That's right. You know? Isn't that, isn't that weird? And we, we speak about, you and I have spoken about the, I think it was on our first, maybe our first or second date. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, two days before we moved in with each other. <laughs> yes, it was a little fast. <laughs> um, I don't know whether it's in one of the first. You two, know when you know. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Um, one of the first two days, or whether one of us was homeless. Yeah. Uh, where, 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 it wasn't, where was it? When the first two dates, um, 
when, when we spoke about evolution, which is one of my core values, mm-hmm. and we said about that, you know, it's, it's, it's great that two people evolve and pe- two people evolve differently. Mm-hmm. It's about respecting the fact that evolution happens yes. and to enable the person that you're with to evolve to be an even better version of and themselves. And support that. And Actually support nurture it. Don't, be, don't fear it and That's want right. to say, no, well, you can't do that because then you'll be this. That's right. Or, you know... If, for me personally, this is really this is really actually quite important where if you're in a space where your partner's actually wanting to make a decision to better their lives, yeah. that's a massive area for you to, to, to step aside and say, I love you, I support you. Yeah. What is it going to take yeah. for you to achieve that? Let me help you do that. That's right, because the, your partner could and should be your biggest fan. Right. And so, that for instance... Absolutely, yeah, and and but it's I've never been in a relationship like that, and you you probably have, and I don't think I have, and I think that the that the the feeling is a very new one for me, and Mm -hmm. that's actually an uh, um, uh, an an immaturity in my past of myself because I didn't understand what. Um, what a good relationship could and should be. Right. Um, I I had a very skewed way of viewing that, mm. and then suffered the consequences of of of, of that of that immaturity. Mm-hmm. And and I do <clears throat> I do wonder whether or not we accountability is a theme. And I'm bringing us to a, a natural close here. Mm-hmm. Uh, accountability is a theme. Is something that has an impact on on us in terms of uh, personal, so there's personal accountability, like mm-hmm. how we are accountable to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then there's a joint accountability, which is how we're accountable to each other. Yes. And then maybe there's a, um, a global accountability or community mm. accountability, which is how we are accountable to our environment and, and, and our systems around us. Yes. And so one could be very accountable on one aspect and not accountable on the other aspect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you could be totally... Um, you could be in a in a joint accountability situation with someone, um, at, but actually um, screwing the environment uh, on a daily basis, and so yeah. you have a you have a single context accountability. Yes. And and I think that if accountability is viewed from a holistic perspective, mm-hmm. in the same way as well-being could be viewed from a holistic, or health could be viewed from a holistic perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people who you and I both know are extremely healthy physically yes. and not very healthy mentally. Yes. I also know a lot of people who are healthy mentally who aren't very healthy physically. Right. And so if you're looking at health as a holistic, mm-hmm. there's mental, physical, and arguably spiritual yeah. um, health Perspective, yeah. perspectives. And if we're talking from accountability, we need to look at it from the same Thing, personal, interpersonal, and extra personal perspective. Yeah. yeah um, sure. In closing, have you got anything to add to that? Uh, well, I do. I think it's. I think uh, if if and when you're ready to make a step forward and make a change, um, really plan it out. Like uh, identify where your fears are. Identify. Um, certain handbrakes, things that can hold you back, address them and then just take a step. Take one step forward and then the next day, take another step forward. It doesn't have to happen overnight. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, if, you have, if you have anything that you feel as though that you can work on to propel you forward, to propel you into a better space, um, just, just assess it. Take a really deep look, um, open it up, uh, 
get 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 serious about what you're actually wanting to do and then take that first step the first step will take the lead into the second step and 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 continue on so yeah great go get it thanks Ness. <laughs> thanks Ness. and for all of you uh wherever you are i hope you're safe and if you would like us to help with your journey then um you know what to do you can go to claritysystem.com click on start your journey and uh, we'll be here for you if needed remember to subscribe to this podcast on any channel you're on to uh, get the next one and we look forward to speaking to you soon yeah thanks guys oh thanks actually just as one oh, massive oh. caveat you know what i've just been become aware of what's that is that we called the whole thing uh, ness and john on the couch yes and the very second podcast we're not on the couch <laughs> so now i'm also going to magically caveat that in advance before no, anyone just calls pretend us pretend we're on the couch no we can't because i started saying that we're walking through the countryside which we are so okay so i've got an idea right here's the thing on the couch is a concept in terms of being friendly with us yes so couch is actually a metaphor yeah it doesn't need to be recorded on the couch sure no yeah <laughs> that's okay it's i'm like, okay with that like, i think like, everyone else is going to be okay is with that okay right. yeah i just wanted to say just in case you know because the, the, you're not on the couch well that's because right? we're probably going to get a million responses saying you're not on the couch right so i just thought i'd just cover no, that we're outdoors okay doing the healthy uh, uh healthy one piece of exercise per day social distancing. Yeah, yeah she's socially distancing herself from me no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Look forward to speaking to you soon. Thanks so much. See you next time. Bye.